This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, 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 John. How are Hi. you? How are you? I'm good, really good. Excited. Yeah. 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 Another one. Yeah. Feels like we're back in business now again. Yeah. Back in the flow. Back I've got it. an idea, John. Go on, for, hit for me. another episode. Yeah. yeah. Someone's. I don't know if you've seen it. Someone. I don't want you to watch it if you haven't. But someone sent. Um, some little, a short film of. Exeter Football Stadium in 1980. Okay. Have you seen it? I don't think I have. I thought we could watch it for an episode. I just watched the first five seconds and it looks like a tip. Yeah. I just really want to... It looks amazing. Okay, yeah. That's a good idea. A little watch along. Yeah. 1980. It's about like an eight-minute video. It's all right. Yeah. We have a little so talk you about can it. go that that's there that's the heritage lounge that's where the... yeah yeah <laughs> yeah lounge. i don't think there was a heritage lounge back then <laughs> no oh it looks it really looks it just looks like this big it's like a mechanics just this big yeah. shitty front i mean door. i was looking at a video so there's like a goal of the goal like goal of the year award and they did like a flashback to 2017 which was you know a couple years ago and the stadium looks completely different someone scored a goal of the season at sjp and it was away like i'll I'll try to send the tweet to you completely different but no roof on the away end the adam stansfield stand the one that you're in is yeah i saw a picture of that from a couple of years ago i couldn't believe it crazy honestly this i'm really excited this looks like it's like it's about to fall down yeah yeah 1980. The so anyway, is, it's peak, peak right now. It's lovely. It's beautiful. No, it's it's not. You think it's at its peak? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the continued. peak we've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Old traffic. Yeah. So today we've got Math Brown on, who's yeah. a comedian, stand-up comedian. Math's done loads of TV stuff. I know he's done loads of warm-up for like Mot the Week and. Yeah. He's done loads of stuff. He's runs you, his own gigging. You said that there was an interesting little fact about him. Yeah, well, I'm just reading here. Um, he played right back and central midfield for Brentford FC. That is mental. At 20 years old, his playing career was cruelly cut short with a broken ankle. Oh. Yeah. He went on to coach at Brentford and Bolton Wanderers the, and the Everton Academy. Oh, I didn't know this. So he's literally lived the dream. Well, yeah. yeah. That's unbelievable. I th- I'm sure he said one of his mates is the coach at Man United. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, but Maths, when I first started stand-up, Maths, I don't know if he still runs it, he ran a gig in London called Outside the Box, which is a brilliant little gig. And, uh, yeah, he's just, uh, he's done loads of stuff. Nice, it'd be interesting. But he's going to have a perspective that, from a guest that we've not really had before. Yeah. Literally played... He could have played professional yeah. football. 
Yeah. That must be the worst feeling ever, knowing you're good enough and being cut short by an injury. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Joe on Soccer I Am? Yeah, put it in the top bins. <clears throat> really pissed me off. You couldn't believe it. In the, you couldn't believe it. Because I, I said, I've been saying, I saw enough shit that morning from his left boot to make me go, oh, that was complete fluke. <laughs> <laughs> but the clip makes it look like it was first try, rolled up, scooped it in. <laughs> to be fair, he did a few start, few things that morning made me go, oh, fuck, he's got a little left foot on him. Shit. And Jimmy Bullard went up to him and I heard him say, you've obviously played, mate. I was like, fuck off. <laughs> did, you have, did you have a go? I was, I was awful. I got the crossbar. I did the crossbar challenge. Oh, you got you hit the crossbar? Yeah. You left footed or right footed, David? Right. Oh. I felt so bad. I've been giving it the big and I... Oh, God. Anyway. Yeah. What division you played in? The... Crawley District South League Sussex County League 2 and I'd absolutely reached my level that was it that was full capacity yeah I couldn't have gone any further We, I remember we played a cup match against Sussex County Div 1 side and they beat us 5 now, and I was like oh my god standards 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 but also speed yeah. Suddenly everyone's like running at 50 miles an hour. You're like, fucking hell, chill out. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, just a Sunday league game, mate. <laughs> yeah. 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 What did, what level did you play? Um, <clears throat> well, I'm still playing now. So I play in the top league of the, like, of Stockport, did, like Stockport County. So like, You're playing now? Yeah, yeah. On a, on a Sunday, yeah. That's oh. a pretty good standard, but um, yeah, like... That's probably that's probably the, the limit for me. Annoying, isn't it? Yeah. When, when Jay Stansfield, when you saw him play, yeah. was he really hundreds of times better than everyone else? Well, he was a hundred times better than me. Yeah, he ran rings around me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember I remember coming off <clears throat> coming off maybe like towards the end of the game. Then after the game, Dad said to me like, "Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> he is very very good." I, was, I remember being disheartened about the fact that I couldn't do anything. <clears throat> it's just co- co- constantly... The thing is, it doesn't stop moving. That's the problem. He it's doesn't. Like, yeah, it, it's like he's always... You're always right. checking, yeah. you're scanning for him, and then the ball's still like, the ball's still in play, so you're worried about him over your shoulder, and oh, it's, it's, just, it's just clever, something you're born with, you know, yeah. kind of movement. I remember playing in a tournament. I think it was like six-side tournament. I was about 12, and I didn't know him at the time, but he became one of my best mates. But there were like seven or eight games going on and, that, and all the parent, everyone would just go and watch this guy, Scott, who just dominated every game he was in. He was like 12 years old. Yeah. And so you had about seven, eight games going on this big and everyone just wanted to go and see this little 12-year-old boy who was just spraying balls around scoring. He went on to Southampton, but he didn't quite make it. But yeah, when you're, yeah. When you're that much better. Oh. Yeah. Anyway... Yeah. football careers aside. yeah 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 it's quite a nice angle with math today yeah hang on hang on hang on starting yeah. on hey. 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 how are you doing yeah good are you yeah I haven't seen you for ages I know I was just thinking about that this morning when I was talking to my missus about I think it was the last time was it your gig in a theatre lovely down by uh, Sussex somewhere yeah yeah 
Where are you now? Look at you. Um, in my house in the north. Oh, just, yeah, where yeah. in the north? So just outside Stockport, which is a little village called G Cross. Close to me, yeah. I'm in I'm in Manchester, or just outside, like Russia. All oh, right, okay, yeah. So I bought a house. Um, that's the way. That's why we're talking about Hyde United, I suppose, and Brentford, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I bought a house uh, after the first lockdown happened. I bought a house with a view to being a landlord, and the then the second uh, lockdown happened a week after I completed, a week before I completed, and I just couldn't get anyone to move into it. So whilst lockdown was happening, I just moved into it and uh, gave up the house in New Malden that I was just renting in Kingston. Yeah. And then um, so sort of waiting for it all to die down. So hopefully around March time, I'll be moving back to London, yeah. Oh, are you? You're going back? Is your gig still running in Kingston? Yeah, Kingston, New Malden, Stanley, they're all running quite regularly, yeah. And it's, yeah. Uh, it's been quite a distance. I've been doing a lot of driving, like back and forth to London and back. Yeah. Did it this week, did it Monday, drove down Monday, drove back Tuesday. And it's costing more to do that. So now the hotel and petrol... It's 200 quid per trip. Are you doing loads of TV warm-ups up in Manchester? Not as much now, no. In fact, none, in fact, at the moment. I was The last one I did was Mock the Week, and then that got cancelled. Um, but I stopped doing that. Well, after I went on it, I went on the show. Yeah. And then they asked me to come back to do the warm-up again, and I said, yeah, provide you put me back on it. And they didn't, they didn't put me back on it. Um, so the last three or four shows... They said, oh, but we, we sort of, they would come, come up with excuses like you do in TV, as you know, very well know, David. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually they uh, they came up with a few and I just called them on it and then uh, they just stopped answering. <laughs> so, so we sort of went, okay, that's that done. Mav, I've yeah. just read, I sort of knew this, but it's just that it confirmed. You could have been a pro footballer. I was a pro footballer. You were <laughs> pro, you were I played, pro. I Brentford. <laughs> well, you could have been one for longer. Would you like to see my poster? Oh, yeah. Yes. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'll have to carry it. Hang on. <laughs> this <laughs> is fantastic. Right. Two slicks. Let me take that one out. Bring this with in. Right. So, this is my poster of me in the Brentford squad in 1991. Wow. You can't see it, I think, but I'm, I'm there somewhere. Oh, my God. Amazing. How old were you there? That was 16, 17. So you're basically my age. Yeah, 48. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. There you go. So, yeah, I did play very briefly for, for Brentford. I didn't get there. I played in the first team. Um, played for the reserves, and I'm, I'm pleased with that. I'll take that. What happened? What happened? Why did it stop? Uh, well, I got released from Brentford. I mean, again, it's the same as anything, isn't it, really? It's... Uh, one of those things. That I, to be honest with you, I, I, if you want the honest truth, I think what happened to me then was mentally I wasn't strong enough as a player. And this was back in the nineties when they just didn't have. Um, there was the psychology didn't exist in the game. It was like get on with it, you fucking idiot. Um, you know, and that, that's that was the length of it. You know, that was the thing that managers used to say to me. You know, not more derogatory terms. <laughs> Stop it, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and it just didn't exist in those days. Um, technically I had it all but I just wasn't strong enough mentally but then I, I got released from them and just went and played non-league for a bit and just kept on falling down the leagues and just went ah sod this went so when you say you weren't strong enough mentally did were you going on the pitch going oh I'm not, I don't think I'm good enough no I was getting bullied by the manager at the time so um, he, kind of, he just kind of didn't want me there um, 
because again it was a quite a um tight budget in those days as well so you had to get one player out to get another player in so I what was, league were they in at this point they that's were, what I was gone up that year 91 92 they'd gone up from what was the old third division into then the first division which is now the championship yeah so they've gone up to the championship yeah so you're a pro footballer at a championship side for a well, while uh, kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, very very long time ago so it was it was a, it was a what they called the yts contract so you technically pro contract but you weren't you weren't in the first team but you I mean you, you could pay for the first team but you'd still get paid the same money as a yts so what age do they release you uh seven 18 17 yeah yeah so then what happened what happened then did you think oh what am i going to do or what, what um, you, yeah you're a bit lost and you uh sort of i just fell out of love with it pretty quickly um and you've like, been training like, since you were a little boy going up to brentford yeah and... yeah yeah i've been i'd been i mean when i was about 13 14 i sort of peaked i think as a player because I, I became as tall as i am now at 13 and i was a center forward and i was smashing in all sorts of goals left right and center i was at chelsea for a bit with neil shipley what and, um, yeah as a schoolboy, and then it kind of got between going up you go up in ages don't you so 13s 14s 15s and i think it's 14s to 15s they sort of said okay we're taking neil shipley we're not taking you so that's when i went to brentford oh um how, how does when they say that what's yeah. the situation are you bought sort of led into an office with your parents oh, no, no, no. no not a schoolboy level at uh that sort of level it's just pretty much as you're walking off the training ground <laughs> <laughs> you know again it was a long time ago there's no aftercare you know so what they like, generally say sorry mate you're not gonna be what pretty much yeah 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 you, you won't be needed next year um it was it was pretty brutal there was no again there was no care to it there was no um there was no thought process it was just that's the way it is see you later was it was it your dream to be a professional footballer yeah or? yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all over did you know i wasn't particularly brilliant at school and i was so determined to do it and, and managed to achieve it to a certain degree and then like i say when you get the wind knocked out of you it's, you just sort of go bollocks to this hate all this charlie baker was saying that yeah. the way these places that the clubs are set up is that they've got one star footballer he's kind of saying that wasn't it and they just surround them with footballers that make that star footballer better and become the their do you think it works like do you think they know who's going to make it and who isn't well when i was at brentford that happened that definitely happened to a certain degree there was a guy called carl hutchins who uh went on to play to about 27 28 for, for brentford and bristol city i think and when i was at brentford the, the manager at the time joe gaston was very much carl hutchins and his the one that's going to be famous and it was you know it, it was always the do what carl does copy carl you know um and that it was very frustrating. Hey, that must be hard. It's no. really frustrating because he wasn't that great. You know, he wasn't he wasn't head and shoulders above everyone else. What he did do is he talked a lot on the pitch. You know, he was a good talker, but so was everyone else. You know, once you worked it out, it's just that that he became the favourite, and then it was, um, you know, sort of uh, the the shining uh, light that that stood out to the managers. And again, he went on and played professional football. So they're not wrong. But, yeah. Uh, what know, position were you playing? Well, I went to Brentford as a centre forward, and then they said, "No, you're a right back." <laughs> so yeah. I went, uh, "Am I? All oh, right, okay." And I didn't Gosh, want. What's to that? What's that like when you're yeah, banging well, the goals? You go, "Oh, I've got to do that now, have I?" Well, to be honest with you, when you go up the levels, you do notice it's slightly uh, more difficult. 
Um, but instead of coaching you at that point, they go, no, you're right back. You know, and that, that's what was done. In that, fact, that does happen really often. If you look at players, yeah. well, Gareth Bale sort of did the opposite, but a lot of players are really good for their age at like 12, 13, but normally play up front. And then as better players come around, they start getting moved backwards. What, what they, happens with Gareth Bale then? Did he start at the back? Gareth Bale was a left back, wasn't he? Then a left winger, then he played up front. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. How do you feel looking back now? Yeah. Um, I wish I'd had uh, I wish I had the knowledge that I have now as we always do um, but I, I just wish there was science in the game because that I don't think that would have happened I don't think that manager would have been allowed to continue either um, with some of the methodology I mean you just wouldn't and you know 95% of them wouldn't either but I just I just kind of wish that 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 technology or that um, the science of the game or the acceptance of mental health perhaps um, in the game at that age would have been massive, you know. And it, and I sort of pinned all my hopes on Brentford. And then when it when that went wrong, it was like, well, I'll, I'll never be a footballer, you know. And um, just sort of gave up pretty much because you, you just didn't want to play at a lower standard. And you thought you well, were. Gonna... I went and played for non-league, and again, it's a different it's a different game, but it's. There wasn't a path then in those days where... What okay, non-league did you play for? Who did you play Stains for? Town and Walton and Hersham, which was... Uh, not at, at that level, did you stand out? Um, you get frustrated. So what happens is... You, I suppose the answer to that is yes and no, and that sounds a bit wishy-washy, I know. But what would happen is you'll be in a position or you'll put the ball where someone should be and they wouldn't be there because they don't know the game as good as you. Or the game at that level isn't about how you play that. It's very much blood and guts and thunder and fighting. Um, so it becomes frustrating in that respect. Yeah. So, you know, but there's it's things that you don't, that other people wouldn't notice, like the way you strike the ball is slightly better, you know, and it's a clean strike or your first touch or your, even the decision making is, you know, better, you know. So the Exeter in League One. Yeah. How good are these footballers that I'm watching? Well, I've always had this theory that you could take one of them and put them in the Premier League and you probably wouldn't notice. So What? You could take one of your players, one of your best players, and you could put them in the Premier League and they could play in a game and you probably wouldn't if, if you if somebody not known that team, not known the Premier League, would probably go, if I said to that person, Who was that who about that team plays in two leagues below? They probably wouldn't find them straight away. That's the, well, that's one of the best things that have been said on the board. <laughs> <laughs> they find them eventually. Well, a good example of that is Ollie Watkins, who came from uh, Wentzburg from, from Exeter. Yeah. Um, fit in straight away. And I was championship at the time, but, you know, championship were that, that top, the top end of the championship, any one of those teams could play in the Premier League and you wouldn't. Do you yeah. think uh, over the course of a season they'd be found out or not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but only, again, I think that would be more of a mental aspect if they've, um, and it depends on the position as well. So if you're taking a centre forward who isn't scoring goals, then obviously the the uh, the confidence will disappear, won't it? But if you're playing a goalkeeper who's letting five, you know, there's those things that you need to consider as well. well I, reckon I, I agree. Good. I think the, the difference, that's why we see cup upsets. I think the only difference is consistency, isn't it? The top players can perform at the highest level all the time. I would say, I would say, <laughs> mental. Really? And yeah. when you say mental, is that just confidence in your own ability? It's, it's the strength of the mind. So, for example, you look at Jordan Pickford, makes multiple of errors all the time. Doesn't matter. The next time he's, there's attack coming, it's not. He's not thinking about that. He's on it straight away. Whereas you take someone a little bit lower than that, or even again, a, you know, a keeper in the Premier League that isn't playing regularly, make one mistake and it's they crumble. Do you reckon that can be taught? Um. 
I think it can be worked on. I don't think it can be taught. I think it can be improved. And I think it can be, um, there's a thing that uh, I don't want to bore you a bit, but my, I also went to university and did a degree in sports science. It's but, not boring. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. it was no, honestly, it's not boring. So there's I'm, thing hang, I'm literally hanging off every word. Right. There's a thing called error parking, which is basically when you made an error, you park it and you worry about it later on. Um, so it's having that strength as mind as well to do that but um i remember you know, reading a bit from i think it was lee chapman's autobiography and he's he was going through a really shit period in his career and he was dreading the ball coming to him yeah whenever he was sort of hiding in the match and didn't want to yeah. be passed yeah. to oh god yeah that happened to me a lot of brentford i didn't want it right back and then eventually i just kick it long just so i didn't have to get get the ball back in shit yeah oh god but oh. then I went on, so I went to that. I went to university, and then I played for the university team, which was basically a non-league team. It's, it's put it's put together a load of players who who were playing at a club somewhere, and then just decided just to drop out of the system, and then didn't want to take it so seriously, but played at university level. And um, but that was completely different because again, I, all the confidence came back. I wanted the ball all the time. I went back to centre midfield, controlled games. You know, really loved it. Really loved it again. Because yeah. I'm I'm playing uni football at the moment and I love it. There's like there's the not there's the not serious side. You know, you can still go out the night before or whatever. But then there's also the are oh, you want to win the competitive aspect. It's good. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. It's uh, who, which university is it? Uh, I'm at UCFB. It's like a brand new uh, sports university in in Manchester. Oh right. Oh nice. Yeah. No, they were the best days playing for university football. Definitely. So, really Math. Do you reckon any of the team? I know you might not know the team, but the current Exeter team could go into a Prem side and survive. Yeah, again, you're right. I don't know any of the players whatsoever. I would, I would say, if you took your best player, is it, there's probably transfer talk of your best player going somewhere in January at the end of the year. Quite a few. Yeah, exactly. So there's probably that, and that um, that it wouldn't surprise me if they do. The difference is when they go there, Davis, whether they get the opportunity to play. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all very well and good going to sign for Spurs, but if they're just playing for Spurs reserves, there's not really a lot of point. What they tend to do, as you know, is they'll sign them and then put them out on loan somewhere anyway. Uh, but it, but it's, it's getting the opportunity. The trouble with the Premier League is it's so financially um, um, driven that the difference between coming, you know, 17th and 16th is huge, isn't it? I mean, right, you get your payments that go down and you've got to come back up, etc. But the pressure of that is huge. So that's why I think the opportunities are a bit more limited. What's, what is the difference? I didn't know between those. Well, if you go down, um, you get parachute payment. Again, I don't know how I'm making these up. I remember it sort of being around 100 million um, when you go down. Uh, and you get that, for, you get 50 million the year after. When you go down? Yeah, as a club, yeah. Um, I might be wrong, but you left. Oh check. yeah, that, that's this. It's roughly around there. You get you get three years of parachute payments, and each year it gets less. So it goes hundred million, however much, and then however much, and then after three years, your parachute payments stop. Yeah. So the idea is that they want they want the same teams to sort of feed the league in and out. You know, um, which is why you see Norwich, Fulham, those kinds of teams recycle through. God, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but right. then also if you win the playoffs, which Brentford did, um, it's I think it's one hundred and fifty million straight away. Richest game in football, the championship playoff yeah. final. Yeah, Richest yeah. Football. Yeah. And did you go, is it right you coached as well? Yeah, yeah, so basically I stopped playing altogether really at any sort of serious level at 24. I got all my coaching badges by the time I was 24. So I got what was the UEFA A licence, which is now the um, 
they're still the UEFA for a but there's one more now it's now the pro license but the pro license didn't exist so that was the highest you could get and at the time you had to have the UEFA for a license to be a manager uh in the premier league i think but i got that at 24 so i'd started coaching at 18 19 so i went back into brentford's academy and started coaching there and uh, so at oh, right what was hang on a minute. what was that like when you said you didn't have the confidence on the pitch to then go well i've got the confidence to coach you do you know what that transition was really easy because i think i was naturally someone who would share the knowledge and you from our trade as well that we do now you're you might understand this as well because when you're in a green room with a mixed bill for example other comedians used to talk to each other used to go that's a great joke how about this for an add-on you know i used to do that all the time in green because that's just part of my mentality and that doesn't happen at all now <laughs> you very rarely get anybody talk to each other like that now what really what in the green rooms, in the green rooms yeah the people don't help each other out anymore it's uh it's unless, unless you're mates yeah yes it's changed a lot i mean i've been doing it 18 years 17 years now i'll tell you how it has bloody changed <laughs> when Naomi was running gigs she was like the amount of new acts that expect to be paid loads of money yeah when they're yeah. shit yeah 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 don't earn the stripes as it were yeah yeah that happens a lot and I, that because I still as you know I still run Kingston and I'll get an email they'll come and do 10 minutes die on their arse and then the next day later they'll go right can I come and headline next time for whatever <laughs> you guys on your arse mate okay <laughs> now it's the ambition but I get that I mean to be fair I had a career at that but I really I really miss do, Brian Gittins do people come and die on their arse more often than come and like set the place on fire or um no it's sort of law more middle ground is is more common than not um you can tell straight i remember the first time i saw romesh romesh was an open spot in the middle in a gig in haywood teeth actually Dave. um and i remember seeing him and then he did like 10 minutes and i said to him afterwards uh what do you do for a living he said i'm a teacher and i said go in tomorrow tell him you're going to be a supply teacher for the rest of this year yeah you'll be with i saw i saw him do a middle spot i saw how he's got it immediately i yeah. same with sean walsh first time i saw sean yeah. yeah and josh josh whittaker and rob actually um it's, you can see that straight away but the majority of it is just middle ground isn't it and then you'll get you'll get people that do it for 15 years and don't get off that middle ground as well i've never been never been to a comedy club i think it's something like that yeah, yeah i've never been to change that i'm on in manchester tonight if you want to come to manchester where, where the where? comedy store manchester tonight in uh beer keller in beer keller in print works yeah print works uh, Oh, you've got to go to a live comedy gig. You'll love it, John. Yeah. It's nothing like the TV. It's nothing like the TV. No, it's amazing. Sorry, I've steered it away from football and onto comedy. That's all right. That's all right. Um, So you did the coaching. Yes. Was it right? You coached at Brentford and did you go to Chelsea? No, I was at Brentford's Academy and then I went to, then I got sort sort of headhunted to go to Liverpool John Moores to do this degree. It was the first year they were doing it and it was, it was called Science of Football, uh, BSE, Bachelor of Science. Um, and what they kind of had in their mind that that was going to be a conveyor belt for coming through, getting the green and going to a club. And it kind of happened, uh, the first couple of years. So I went from, um, Liverpool John Moores, um, 
straight to Liverpool's uh, Gerald Hulier's backroom staff, basically. So, what? Uh, did you not know that? Yeah. So I did you I, hear that, John? Yeah, I, I did. I did hear yeah. that. So I was part. <laughs> of, I was part of Gerald Hulier's backroom staff. Do what? Right. I was. A, I was a match analyst. So. And they worked with a company called Prozone and they need they just need I love something. it if you're just bullshitting that all no, this no. was a lie. Completely <laughs> <laughs> true. Matt's and, gone um, really weird, he keeps saying <laughs> He's out of the breakdown. He thought he played for England in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, so it's just it was the right place, right time. They needed someone with a scientific background and a coaching background, and I was there. And I had to go and do a pre- presentation at Melwood to uh, Gerard Hillier, Phil Thompson, Sammy Lee, uh, Joe Corrigan. Uh, what year was this? That was 2001, 2002. Who was in the team at this point? Uh, Sir Fowler. Um, McManaman had just gone. Um, so I think... Redknapp? Redknapp was there, but he wasn't playing very much. He'd, he'd gone. He went to Spurs that season um owen was there um gerard was just coming through and sort of becoming stephen gerard uh vesterveld he went and dudek came in Uh, did you see these players train so i worked at melwood so i did that presentation to them which was one of the most surrealist fucking experiences in my entire life i've walked into melwood First thing I've got to do is a presentation to Gerard Hulier, Phil Thompson, et cetera, et cetera, with the system, Prozone system, and tell them what they've done wrong in the last game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't know who I am, you know, they've got no idea. So I've done it. How old were you? I was 28, 27, 28, yeah. And then I, so I, I said, you know, this is who I am. This is what I've got. These are the co- coaching qualifications. Um, and here's the system. And this is how I think what went wrong, what went right. It wasn't just what, what went wrong, you know, and showed highlights and then backed it up with stats and all that nonsense. It was only about 15 minutes. And, um, you know, they were, they appreciated it. I kind of got the job. And then I just sat outside in my car for about an hour, just going, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> that's mental <laughs> and it was just one of those things that you just sat there and go, I'm totally b- bewildered and then drove home and I can't believe that and then so about a week later sorry is this because it was like you were learning like new technology or something was this no no it was just the technology wasn't that difficult to use it's just it's called Prozone which is an anal- analysis tool and it was really easy but their their um their selling point at the time was it sort of took the pitch and turned it sideways and it became you became a block above it so all the players became circles so what championship manager used to look like that's what those don't look like in real time but they were the one one of the first ones to do it so it was like uh, and it would cover distance covered sprints uh passes you know all the stats that you see now on opta or whatever it is um yeah so that was my job so then a week later i was at melwood every day so that was my job as part of the backroom staff how long did you do that for uh, two seasons. Hang um, on a So you had you were watching Owen and Gerard and the... yeah, and telling them where they could improve. Not better. so much them. I would tell the coaches, and then they would they were faster. I did a couple of presentations to the squad. Um, again, scariest one of the scariest things I've ever done. But um, it was bizarre because they were just as scared of you because they were like, "He's going to tell me what I'm wrong in front of the staff," you know. And it's it was a bit of an odd situation, but. Yeah, walking into Melwood for the first three months was very surreal. So Sky Sports News would be on in the cafe, cafe bit, 
you know, and it'll be Robbie Fowler's on the telly and Robbie Fowler's sitting there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, this is just your right. Uh, how good, someone like, say, Robbie Fowler, how good was he in the flesh He's watching set. him? Even in training, that he was exceptional. And it, even in training with all these elite players, they would still stop and clap. You know, we would do something. He was brilliant. I can't believe you've watched it. You've... You, so when did, when did you start comedy then? Uh, started comedy well. Fuck comedy. That, that's <laughs> what I mean. How was this? You've had the most insane life ever. I'll tell you what happened. So after the two years, um, I went to, my brother lives in Perth, Australia, right? So I would go, I was going to Perth in June, which is obviously you only get June off in football. And I stopped in Singapore for a week on the way there. And whilst I was in Singapore, I was just watching local telly. It had some local football on. And that that point I had a week to kill so I sent all, an email to all the clubs that were there saying I'm, I work at Liverpool Football Club I'm here can I come and see what you do maybe I can help out and one of the teams called Willis Wellington then offered me a job as the assistant manager um, which I then went out and within six weeks the manager didn't want me there so then he then said to them um, him or me and they, they chose him but then paid me not to work for a year to say well, if he goes will you come back so about seven or eight months later he then got sack and then i got the job as a manager in singapore's s league um which oh, was, i am loving this and that was yeah that i mean it's professional football singapore's top league it was on there please be a manager now math and let me join your staff i would be so much better now i did that when i was 30 years old so i was too young and i had players that were older than me and i, I took a player out uh, called jamie fullerton who played for Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Um, he was one of my players. Um, and I had a really great time. And anyway, the answer to your question is how the comedy came about. I got the sack. They paid me off two years worth of money. I came back and I couldn't really get a job in football that I wanted. Why? What did you want? What sort I of job did you want? I back into uh, first team coaching again. Um, I just didn't, didn't know enough people in the game. And, you know, having worked in Singapore wasn't a CV puller that I thought it would be. Um, so I'd only get, I got offered to go back at Brentford as the um, academy assistant manager or what, academy manager, academy assistant manager. I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to work with kids anymore. And I always wanted to be a comedian. And I thought, well, they've just paid me 80 grand. I'm going to see if I can become a comedian. Yeah. So I started Kingston outside the box. Did the Is that what you did first? You just started that? I did the Amuse Moves course. The Amuse Moves um, beginners one with Logan Murray. And then at the end of that course, I started Kingston. And then within three months of running Kingston, Frank Skinner came down, did 10 weeks in a row, and it just took off, just went mental. And then... Fuck. You, within, you always got big names down there, didn't you? Yeah, and it's, it still does. It's still, it's still a bit like that, you know? Yeah. Um, although, bizarrely, last Monday was the 17th birthday, and I tried to put in a load of favours, and loads of people pulled out in the day. <laughs> so oh, I did I? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I put that poor old Joe, we've got flu, so he couldn't do it either. Right. We'll make Joe from Chesapeake's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Right, Math. If you wanted to be a um, football manager, a pro football manager in one of the three or four leagues, hmm. could you do it with what knowledge you've got and your your badges? Could you make it happen? I think, I don't know if I could make it happen. I think I, I don't, this is going to sound really arrogant, really fucking arrogant, <clears> but I reckon I could do it, yeah. The experience, the small experience I had as a manager it's not necessarily a great deal of the football knowledge that you need. It's the manager of the people. It's the manager of the egos, the manager of the staff, manager of the uh, above you, managing the, the chairman, and the board, the expectations of the fans. It's, it's management. 
is more about how you deal with those situations than it is necessarily what's on happening on the pitch. Obviously, you still have to be what they call the X and O's manager. Um, so, you know, the technical side of things and stuff. Most managers will have their own philosophy. Um, most managers will copy trend. Um, so, the when, yeah, so for example, when Pep Guardiola came in, the way the premiership was, was played was changed pretty much over. Where did Guardiola get his ideas from? Well, again, it's, you take his, it might be his own philosophies, but it might be from uh, Johan Cruyff when he was at Barcelona under him. Um, you know, it, it's, and it's also you're, you're only limited by what you have in terms of uh, players. You know, most, most premier, most managers could go into Manchester City and probably win the league because of the well, resources you have. I heard somewhere that managers don't make that much difference. And it's like a five, 10% difference to the players that you've got. And that's it be it better or worse? Well, if you look at the top players, top managers, there's what, there's a handful of about seven or eight, isn't there? So Jose Mourinho, Klopp, um, you know, Pep. Um, who else are we looking at? Ancelotti. You'll look, you'll see those five or six will just go around the same big clubs constantly. And I think that will be what I'm talking about is how they deal with the players. If you ask of any, most players that have played under Mourinho, they'll all say what a great person he is, what a great man he is. Um, I can't remember, I think it was Sean Wright Phillips was talking about him in the early days that, that Jose Mourinho was playing kickabout with his, with Sean Wright Phillips's son for 10 minutes outside in the car park. You know, and he knew his name. It's those sort of things that those players want to play for that manager because of them, because they see them as people as opposed to commodities, as opposed to, you know, just just a footballer you know that's what people said sir alex was really good at didn't they they said he was just knew everything about everybody every single player and that's what made people want to play for him and yeah yeah and i think that's that's the biggest aspect of it um the what was the original question something about going back into anybody I, basically i want you to become a manager so i can come and watch your games yeah i'd love to be a manager mate. <laughs> I'd love to be. i used to get a bit of stick because i was always trying to do things that weren't normal like, and I, I, vent, I vented a kickoff in Singapore and I called it the, the Hail Mary. So in those days, you know, now we, we kick off and we just one player and kicks it back, right? That, then, then you have to put, play the ball forward and that's be two people, you know, there's always that. And what we did is we didn't have anybody near the ball. So when the, it was our kickoff and the ref's about to blow the whistle, nobody was near the ball. And, um, what would happen is, you know, when you see, um, uh, rugby and they all go down that side. One side and they just kick it in the corner. So we did that. We had them all overloaded on that side. And nobody was near the ball. And the ref would blow the whistle. And obviously the other team were going, what's going on? And then from the left back would come forward, just run towards the ball. All the others look like they're going to turn left and go to the left. But the left back kicks it into the right-hand side. And there's only one player going to that right side. So, yeah. And it, we did it in training. It worked every time in training. And we did it in Singapore. And the ref just blew a whistle. Didn't know what the rules were. So he just went, oh, that's, you can't do that. And it, you know, there was nothing in the rule but say you couldn't do it. Yeah. But I was always trying to do stuff like that. I was always trying to reinvent different scenarios, you know, and set plays are so huge as well. It drives me insane when I see two people on a corner. What, just doing a little short corner? It drives me insane. Absolutely. Why do they do that? So, well, but it's, there's loads of different schools of thought with that i i think the main one is just to affect the defense just move the defense slightly okay so you play one two and then it's coming from different angle so you, you know the, the cross is coming different i just get it in a box you know i absolutely hate seeing short corners it drives me insane yeah yeah that's very interesting 
You can see what math would be like in the change room then if you did a Are you a water bottle smasher, Matthew? No, I was going to say, I very rarely got angry unless oh. it really, really needed it. I don't really see the point of it. Because I remember being on the receiving end of a manager screaming for the sake of it and thinking, you don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> yeah, you just screaming. Do you know what? Like, My yeah. worry, if I manage the football team, if we were losing 2-0, we're playing shit and I went in the change rooms, I just... If I didn't know what to say, just <laughs> <laughs> like if you don't give and go. <laughs> well, what I was laughing at is that they won't see on the podcast was your face and your lip there. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, the idea. Of, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I just yeah, yeah. Read, David. You would free all respect for you, Mister Manager. But that's because you don't know what's going. <laughs> on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not aggressive. Even if you don't, you could just make something up, can't you? That's the difference, you know. But you know, it's it is. There's a lot of things. You also, when you watch, do you watch when you watch football? Um, do you watch the bits afterwards where they analyse it? Yeah, love yeah. it. Do you understand everything that they're talking about? I do, I think they're talking bollocks half the time. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, I'd I'd say it's probably seventy thirty bollocks. Yeah. 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 Um, What's well, seventy in favour of bollocks? Yeah, because no, no, sorry, seventy thirty in, in favour of um, positive, because they they've got to talk about something. So sometimes they're just filling out airtime, but, but um, sometimes do, do you learn stuff from it though? When you're watching it, you go, "I never thought of that. I never saw that." Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, what I do <laughs> I think know. is, I go, "Well, hang on a minute." You, they get all the gra- the graphics out. And you go, "Look, all that happened in a fraction of a second." Stop! Don't change it to slow mo and go. If he'd just done that, it's like no, he had to make a decision in that. You know, but you, I, you, yeah, again, this is going to again sound a bit arrogant. So apologies if it comes across that way. But I can see that in real time. So, uh, well, so but, can I. I. Just didn't want to say. <laughs> but from an angle, if I'm if I'm on the ground floor, you can't see it. But if you're up, if you're sitting in the stands quite high, and like for example, last time I went with uh, my mate Will, was a Middlesbrough fan, and sometimes we go and watch Middlesbrough games, and um, I'll just say something. For example, if he, if he instead of taking two touches, he does it in one touch, the crowd will clap him. And it happened. It was just one of those things that went, oh, it happened like three minutes later. And he turned around and went, how do you know that? And it was like, you just see it. Sometimes you can do things that, that um, the fans can't. But then when I'm in England, when I'm watching England games, I become a fan. I don't follow the I follow the ball. I don't follow the game. God, does it kill your love of the game if you're watching it like Is it like no, it, it can kill comedy? Um, hang on, so there's something at my door. Can we just. No, not, yeah, go for it. No, that's very unusual. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, to be fair, I hardly ever watch the ball when I'm watching football. Hardly ever. What are you looking at? The girls? Coach other players, what they're doing. I don't, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's great I all that, isn't it? I, I obviously watch the game, but I'm, I hardly ever am I following the ball. It's really weird. I'm always looking to see what other players are doing, where they're moving. Yeah, I've got I've got a massive telly now. So I bought a telly for the World Cup, like 70 eight inches or something like that and it's it's really great because you can see the whole picture of the of you know the shape of the team and stuff and it's really um makes a big difference when you're watching it technically yeah yeah does it kill your can you watch a game because i i struggle now watching like sitcoms or because i'm constantly going oh they've done that or oh, they've put that scene there have they and yeah does it yeah, kill yeah. that side of the game for you uh you can let it yeah you can let it but um, it depends on how invested I am on the win, you know. So if I'm watching Bradford or Hyde play or England play, I tend to try and watch it as a fan. Yeah, there'll be there'll be bits that you can't switch off, of course. 
Um, but if I'm watching two teams that I don't really care who wins, then I will watch it analytically, yeah. And I do the same with comedy. I can't watch comedy anymore. No. I, can't I feel like comedy is a magic trick. As soon as you learn it, I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. You're, but Gittins wasn't a magic trick. Gittins was so unique. Yeah. But I felt like I'd created a set that sort of worked most of the time. And I'm like, oh, I'm done now. Yeah. I I it just felt like. I get that now. Go and, go and do a 20 minute set now at a, at a club. It's, it's just, I'm not churning it out, but I don't. You, yeah. you go. You um, do, maths you go. on tonight at the comedy <laughs> store. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You go. I mean, you're giving them your best stuff, but it is yeah. your turn. In. You're going to work. That's what you're doing. You're going to work. The enjoyment I get is writing a new joke and seeing it work. Yeah. Because you get to the point where you've got your set, and 95 percent of the time you sort of know it's going to work. So yeah, it always works. Yeah. And even if it doesn't, it's not your fault. It's theirs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true, isn't it? I remember doing a gig at the Newcastle Stand on tour, and it was sort of at the end of, I don't think I did many gigs afterwards, but it went really well. It was one of those gigs, and I came off, and the promoter said, you've got to be happy with that. Nah. It was just flatlined, whatever. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, if you're not enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, true. are you up for answering our 10 famous That's questions? Hello everyone, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you might want to get on my Patreon. You get early access to ad-free episodes and there'll be videos and behind-the-scenes pics and it's basically a place where we can all hang out together. It's a bloody friendly community, if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, if you fancy it, just go to patreon.com forward slash David L. And also, Patreon is an app that you can download onto your phone. All for the price of a coffee. Like a posh coffee. Once a month, you pay a few quid, and then you get to be an MNFC supporter. My new football club supporter, that's what that stands for. That's your thing. So sign up at patreon.com forward slash David L, and the link is in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. Right, back. Back to the pod. Right. Question one. What was the first game you went to? First game I remember going to would have been, because um, I grew up in the 80s when hooliganism was quite rife. So my parents didn't really uh, didn't really want to go to games. So we went, the first game I ever went to and really ever went to as a kid really were England games. And we went to England versus Yugoslavia at Wembley. And I, the reason I remember the game so vividly, it was the one where Glenn Hoddle and Steve Hodge clashed heads during the game. And uh, both had to go off and both had to come back on with like a headband and blood down their shirt. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, Glenn Hoddle and Steve Hodge clashed heads during the game. I'm pretty sure it's Steve Hodge, but it's definitely Glenn Hoddle. Yeah. Uh, that was when, what, what year was that? 80? I, I couldn't tell the year. In the 80s. Uh, early 80s. I'd say I was probably about 10 or 11, 12. So let's say 84, 86. Yeah. I think I, I was talking to my boy like yesterday. I think about the first World Cup I got into, and I sort of remember '82, but I think it was '86. '82 was definitely my first World Cup. I fell in love with Zico then. That Brazilian Zico. team, Brazilian team were amazing. Zico, El, Eder, Socrates, Junior. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, 
Who was the Polish player in 82? I remember having a poster. Do you know, I was watching that last night on Match of the Day. I can't remember his name. That's, I've just sent the, uh, the picture in. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, this is Steve Podge, man. Yeah, Yugoslavia, yeah. Oh, there you go. What year was it, does it say? Oh, it was... 1986. There you go. Look at that. 375 quid for that picture. <laughs> That's amazing. 86, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Why can't to find that? Sorry, I've got to find the Polish player. There he is. Boniek. Is it Boniek? That's it. Yeah, That's yeah, it. yeah. Yeah, that was when I really fell in love. 86 was really my first World Cup, like a sort of really sort of knew, understood, understood what was going on. But I yeah. remember going to school the next day with a yellow t shirt, wanted to be Zico. Yeah, Zico. Yeah. What? Who were the other players? Is it Rossi? Rossi was the Italian one. Yeah, he was the guy that scored the goals with Italy, but didn't score in the uh, group games. No. Nope. Still won a golden boot. Well, you know, John was going to be in 82. John was born 45 years later. <laughs> when were you born, John? No, I was born in two, 2001. Oh, 2001. <laughs> That's when I went to Liverpool, 2001. Yeah. That's why when you said Gerard Julio, he's just sort of glazing over. I know who Gerard Julio is. Yeah. 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 So you would, do you remember um, Stephen Gerrard playing, John? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it a bit vague though? Well, I just did it. I've never really followed Premier League football to be fair, but no, obviously I've, I've always seen him play like play for England and things like that. It was I mean, him Lampard, that was my generation of like English midfielders. Right. Yeah. So you didn't you haven't watched any prem. It's always been just Exeter. I've only I don't th- yeah, yeah, I've no, I've only ever been to one Premier League game live and I've probably watched about five on the telly. Wow, but I've watched. I went. I went through like a four or five year period, like just before uni, where I didn't miss an Exeter City game, home or away. Good on you. That's that's the right thing to do, John. Well yeah, done. Absolutely loved it. It was like the best. Like traveling, we'd leave on a Friday, stay overnight wherever we were in the like middle of nowhere with like a hotel with dad, and then we'd go to the game on Saturday, then drive all the way back, and we just do that for every away game. So a long way as well, Exeter. Anyway, yeah. anyway, Exeter. I remember good. we did. We did a few seasons ago. We did Barrow three times. Jesus, no in thank one season. No, no, thank you. We went. We went once, and the game was cooled off on the way up. Oh god. Yeah, t- Tuesday night. I think it was. I'm a season ticket holder at Brentford, and now they're in the Premier League. I don't do it as much anyway. Game Why? Game. Why? It just is. It's a different. It's all I. It's all I dream about. I know. Wow. It's all I dreamt about, and it's. It's the, the first season was still amazing. Like when Man United came to to uh, the new stadium. And, uh, that was still like <gasps> Man United. You got a bit starstruck. The second season, we beat them four 0 so it wasn't so bad. Yeah, but um, it was that was great initially. But now the games aren't as fun. So in the championship, anyone? Why? Can beat Why aren't they? Because you know he's going to win. It's a bit more formulaic. Yeah, it's a bit more. Um, oh, the patterns are pretty much the same. But this is what I mean, David. You need to enjoy these lower leagues. I do enjoy it. Yeah, I do enjoy it. I just want. It's much more. I don't know what I want really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really loving the fact you're going to Exeter. I think that's great. Yeah, I, 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 but I get quite a few fans going, oh, you should be doing more. You should be going to away games. You should be fucking yeah. doing this, uh, mate. Do what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. yeah. Also, don't worry about that, mate. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Question two. Uh, where do you sit in the ground and why? Uh, well, again, it's uh, there's two answers to this. Cause I'm, I go to Hyde United a lot more because they're literally around the corner. What uh, league are they in? They, uh, do you know what? I don't know the answer to that. It's two below the what used to be the conference. Yeah. Um, it's... John, John will tell us in a minute. He'll Google it and find out. Yeah, I think I think the ones below the conference are like the Isthmian leagues, aren't they? Yeah. I think it's the Northern, what used to be the Northern Prem. Yeah. I think they. I think Three Bridges were in that and Burgess Hill and it's think, the like East Prem. Grinstead maybe. In the West Northern. They Oh, uh, doesn't it says <laughs> it says it's called the something non-Premier League. Uh, again, that's what I'm saying. I don't really follow it. That. that. I just go to the games because non-league football is very similar to going to Exeter really but the difference with non-league football is you can drink in the stands <laughs> which I quite like <laughs> yeah how many people are watching uh, about between five to five hundred to a grand oh right yeah it's quite a decent level we've got players that have played in fact in fact somebody who plays for Hyde United now plays for Senegal will be playing against England in a World Cup, yeah, on Sunday, he's on loan from Sheffield United. Um, I can't remember his name. Hang on, I've got it on here because I knew that come up. Uh, Ilman Ndaye, amazing, yeah, he plays for Senegal, but he's on loan at Hyde United at the moment. His head and shoulders above most of the team in Hyde, but we had is he really? Does he look, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. right? The beginning of the season, we had Ugandian's uh keeper on loan as well in goal, and again, he was. He was like having a fag whilst playing football. <laughs> he was far better than everyone else. Oh, hang on a minute. So, okay, so you're playing. Yes, yeah, so they're playing the Northern Premier League. There you go, Northern Premier. Warrington, so Darlington, Whitby. Marie. Yeah, we use some of these names. So when we, me and Joe wrote Rovers, yeah, Bamber, Bamber Bridge was in it. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Matlock Town. Yeah, guys, are in. Belper, guys, we're good. Belper Town, yeah. Yeah, guys, they've always been. I've I've always known they've been playing a few divisions above this, so they must have gone down. Well, Guysley and I think Marine are both in that league, and they were both sort of famous non-league clubs. And they've oh, wow. a friend of mine plays for Nantwich Town. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad football, to be honest. It's plastic pitch there, which is annoying. Oh, South yeah. Shields, didn't they just get? Quite far in the FA Cup recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, they we played them in the FA Cup, I think, didn't we? Oh, I'm not too sure. I just looked at, at the at the league, but yeah. But I I know they were one of the lowest ranked sides left in the FA Cup at one point this season. No, that's not true. We played Darlington, so we played Darlington in the FA Cup. Darlow, yeah. We beat Darlington, which was a good day. So do you uh, prefer that to Brentford at the moment? Well, I don't get to go to Brentford because again I live up north. Oh yeah. Again, because yeah. of the gigging situation, I gig most Saturdays, so it depends where I am. Yeah. Um, so in fact I've not been to one home game this season at all um, I went to about four last year and the answer to your question is I don't know the name of the stand either because it's a brand new ground <laughs> right so, um, it's the side opposite where the team come out I can tell you that much right close, close to the away fans which I don't like I always really wanted to go to Griffin Park it always looked like such a cool place to go but I never got to go yeah Griffin Park I used to love so I used to uh, Bremer Road block 302 I can tell you that much in Bremer Road you know Griffin Park and it was a great old fashioned proper stadium from yeah 150 years old or whatever it was for when we left it a couple of what's years it ago. what's the ground called now Brentford Community Stadium and it's an amazing stadium and I have to tell you what I, you felt straight at home straight away for Brentford it really didn't feel like we'd gone to a new ground it was still had that sort of how far away was it from Griffin Park oh uh, 
10 minute walk 15 minute walk really? oh, that's yeah. nice yeah it's a real nice stadium that. Right, right i remember there. a few years ago driving in to london and it was just on the left of this mate i don't, I don't know driving in's on the right hand side yeah. yeah 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 it was yeah it's crazy Whoa. it's a really nice stadium really nice Twenty thousand. um i think uh i think we share it with a rugby team which is annoying yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ch- listen I love Exeter and I don't want to harp on about it I do go on <laughs> what's your but I just love the idea of walking to a stadium just getting a woof of 40 50,000 people just fucking strolling yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah the first time the first home game I went uh, when it was full capacity after Covid and they sung Hey Jude I was crying it was when I was like wow oh, oh. yeah you know, and I hate you to never really done much for me, but that, that when it was a full stadium, and bear in mind, I've seen Brentford play Chester away, <laughs> you know, so being yeah. in the Premiership all of a sudden going to Anfield and Old Trafford and the Etihad, it's just an amazing experience, it really is. But, yeah. What, to be honest, I went, I went to Old Trafford the other day to watch Man United versus Tottenham, and I didn't get that like, I didn't get that like overwhelming didn't you? Like, feeling of loads of people, I just thought, oh, all right, it's like sold out, but it didn't, I don't know. It didn't feel like I don't. I, don't, I can't comprehend that feeling of like, oh, what? There's loads of people here. It's just like, oh, okay. I, see, I had it at Plymouth, just with yeah, fifteen, really? sixteen. Yeah, it's just like fuck. There's a lot. I of mean, in the ground, there. definitely. Like you see, like seventy-five thousand people. It's obviously not normal for me. But I yeah. mean, like in and around the ground, it wasn't like okay. too bad. It's right. a very big experience, though, isn't it, Old Trafford? It's like yeah, there's loads of big parts. As opposed to, it doesn't yeah. feel like a football ground. Like Exeter will feel like a football ground. I mean, yeah. it took ages to get out. Like yeah. it took me about forty minutes to just walk down a five-minute road. Proper stadium, isn't it? Here's a question for you, Math. Yeah. Just thought of, what's the biggest crowd you've played in front of? Oh, no, not that big actually. About three thousand. Only. Yeah, I say it. Absolutely crap myself in front yeah. of three thousand people. Might not even been. That might be two thousand. It was full. It was a full ground at Walton and Hersham. Um, can you? Can you? hear them or are you just can you hear and in fact it was it wasn't it was a way to Sutton I think I can't remember it was a full 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 non-league ground and you can hear them you can and that was when also they were trialling instead of throw-ins they you could kick it in and non-league yeah so they trial for a season they tried mm. instead of having throw-ins you could kick it in I think from the, the opponent's half so essentially everything became a corner um I don't remember. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was so again playing right back. It was so tiring because I was ended up taking thirty corners a game. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Again, after the five, you're knackered and you you couldn't get the ball in. So then you were constantly getting criticised. So you can hear them, but only individual idiots, you know. Yeah, because a lot of players that well that I've spoke to that play, you know, like Exeter City or whatever, that's like seven thousand roughly. They say you just block it out. They don't hear anything, but it becomes. Um, I think the smaller the crowd, the more individual you can hear. Yeah, so if you play non league, you can hear that one person saying you're a fucking idiot. Well, it's like playing the small clubs, isn't it? It's just yeah, a yeah, little exactly. bit intimidating, and yeah, exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Numbers, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, question three: What's your match day routine? Uh, well, again, I'll, I'll go for Hyde United 
Um, but uh, we can walk to it. So just me and my mate Will is around the corner and we walk down um, about, we get there for about 20 past two for a three o'clock kickoff. Yeah. And it is still, everything's cash. You have to pay cash on the turnstiles to get in, which is, I love it. Uh, it's, yeah. How much? How much is it? 12 quid. Yeah. 15 quid on a league game, 12 quid on a cup game. Did you know, you, you used to have to pay three pounds to come and see me play for Lingfield. Did you? Three quid. Three quid. That's money well spent, I think. What's that with inflation? I have three quid seems like a lot. But I reckon we'd have like 20 people watching. What position did you play? Franco Baresi. Oh, I like that. Yeah, sweeper. Yeah, just, I like that. Just picking up the... Never ever seen sweeper or nothing like that. That's, um, that's a lovely thing. little position. Oblivious to. Why would you need someone behind the defence? Well, yeah. you're asking the right guy, Math. Over to you. Well, again, that's why the sweeper disappeared, isn't it? Because of the the offside trappers uh, that would just yeah. push the forwards forward, and he just get more more and more pinned back. Yeah, it? but I'll be like that, and then as soon as it just before he my centre back partner hit head of the ball, drop back five yards. Bang. That's just what two centre backs do anyway. Now is it? Oh. <laughs> That's not <laughs> what Matthew's saying, David, is you know, just irrelevant, really? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. Of course I'm not. <laughs> it was Brazy. You, were, you probably weren't. Do you yeah. Brazy? I've heard of him. I don't. He's I, been on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would you say he's irrelevant? Would you, John? No. Uh, would you say Lothar Matthias was irrelevant? <laughs> well, they're both irrelevant to me. I've never watched them. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, going back to that. So, what I love about it is non-league. Everyone's a volunteer. Yeah. You see the same faces. The same bloke does the turnstile. Does the yeah. half-time draw. It's such a beautiful. And yeah. Going into the clubhouse, buy a pint. They do these things where they're plastic uh, pints, but it's got Hyde United badge on it. So you have to pay a two pound deposit. But everyone just nicks the cups. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get a pint, go and sit in the stands, or we we'll get a cup of tea, depending on if I'm working that Saturday night, and uh, you know, hot dog, and just sit in the stands and watch it. Yeah. It, what's funny about it is this: the first time, first couple of times I went, I couldn't get this out of my head. It just kept on making me laugh. The crowd get very. There's a, like a hardcore uh, lot of fans, about a hundred fans who go to the, the like the shed and sing. And um, Norway football's great for lack of knowledge of fans because they just don't know what they're talking about. But they've got all the all the volume. And what really makes me laugh is one of them always shouts this, and it always makes me think of the most competitive game ever that he's watching of hide and seek because he always shouts, "Go on, hide!" But he does it really aggressively. <laughs> yeah. Go on, hide! Yeah. Yeah. Always, yeah. always makes me laugh when I yeah. hear it because it might straight to a joke. Oh God! When we were riding Rovers, we went into all the football forums and just found just some lovely lines from people, yeah. just chatting about games that they just watched and what how they should have played. So funny football fans! I, I really loved that show. I really loved it. And oh, I, did you? Yeah, I really wish that Sky would bring it back. I really. Oh, I loved writing that. We wish we had given another go. Yeah, so yeah. much fun. Um, uh, yeah, who do you go to games with? You go with your mate. Yeah, Will. Question four, yeah. Yeah, Will is. Um, so I met Will. He's a TV floor manager. 
and I met Will when I was doing the warm-up for a TV show called Loose Women. You might have heard of Loose Women. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to do the warm-up for that, and he was the floor manager. Oh, what's it like doing warm-up for Loose Women? Do you know what? It was the first week or so is a bit bewildering, but then once you get used to who the audience are, what the show is, you. so I end up writing a 10-minute set about Loose Women. Um, yeah. You can't just go in and do stand-up. That's not what it's about. Um, you have to is it all women in the audience? Yeah, yeah. Well, you get sort of you get three different types of audience. You get a load of pissed women from Essex who have come. They pissed. Yeah, yeah. They'll be pissed by the time they get there. Twelve o'clock, they get in there. They're all pissed. Fifty-year-old <laughs> uh, women from Essex who have all been bust in. Um, or you'll get a load of pensioners. Uh, or you'll get a load of seventeen-year-old media students from a college around the corner. Cool, I bet they're hard work. Very hard work. They just yeah. <laughs> they, they, don't under, they don't even know what they're there for. You know, they're no. there and they're not. You know, doing anything. The best ones are the, the pissed women. They're really up for it. You know, really fun. Yeah. It's such an odd scenario because you can't you can't really swear, but in your endo, they will fall about laughing on. Yeah, it's a yeah, real yeah. weird environment. And you just so I just used to do ten minutes about loose women, ten minutes about the studio. Get the in the breaks, ad breaks. I get the audience to ask the women questions. They both would love that, you know. There yeah. you go, to be in bed, there to get to talk to the women. Um, yeah. And you were done by half one every day. It was fucking marvellous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long's the record? So it's they're live. So it's um, it's an hour, twelve thirty to one thirty. I would go on about quarter past twelve. Uh, do 10 minutes get the girls out 12 25 just fill that five minutes before it goes live and then fill the ad breaks which is three four minutes long that sounds like a piece well i couldn't do it but if you know what you're doing and you become very you become very stale very quickly and also comedically i become very stifled because without being rude it was quite well paid you know it was like 70 grand a year it was a good job and i mean you know you'd have how many recordings is that uh, where you do, I used to share it with another comedian, but you do three one week, two another week. What uh, a piece of piss. Yeah, it was, mate. It was delightful. Absolutely. How long did you do that for? How long did I do it for? Uh, about five years. I got the sack three times. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, more, more to do with the guy that used to do it um, would go and live in LA. And when he came back, he'd go, I'm taking it back now. Uh, so you'd sort of fill it to leave. Right, back. right. God, I'd love to see you warm up on Loose Women, John. Oh, mate, it was fun. It was fun, but it become, like I say, what would happen is I'd have gigs in the diary, like say, for example, you've got to go to Doncaster on a Friday night and you go, nah, I'm not doing that. No. Yeah, fuck that. Don't I don't mind. even know what Loose Women is. It's what? Um, You've never heard of it? It's ITV Day. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Like, what, what's the, what's the shit? all over it. Yeah, it's definitely your cup of tea. <laughs> definitely your demographic. Uh, <laughs> Pick it out, ring you like it. Right, okay, I'm Googling it. Then. Right, Google right. it. Google it. Swimming. Okay. I'll be honest, it's horrendous. It's, it's been going like since 1999. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely horrendous. It's Again, it's, it's, it's who's aimed at, and they like it. Yeah. Here we go. Right, can I find some information, please? It says Denise Welsh, Carol McGiffin. Okay, what's um, what? A load of women in their 50s. Dare I say six. I love that he's Googling it. Loose Women, previously known as Live Talk from 2000 to 2001, is a yeah. British talk show that broadcasts on ITV One weekdays from 12.30 to 1.30. The show focuses on a panel of our four female presenters who interview celebrities, talk about aspects of... So, no, this is not up my street whatsoever. No, it's not. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> awful. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it, fair enough. It, it is awful, but it's it's not aimed at you. Demographic. <laughs> well, I came back one series, so it, it was a bit like football season. So you, you come back September after doing Edinburgh. And I remember the producer, the new producer had come in and he said, I need to talk to you about what's happening with the show. So sure. Went in and sat down. He went, OK, what we're doing now is we're going to change the way it works. It's going to be more like Newsnight. What, well, loose swimming? Yeah. And I just laughed in his face thinking he was taking a piss. Yeah. He went, what are you laughing at? <laughs> I went, oh, sorry, I thought you were joking. Because <laughs> <laughs> he'd come from a serious news background and I, I really wanted to say to him, that's not going to work, mate. Yeah, but, yeah. I was a yeah. warm-up doesn't make any difference to me wow i think you would be into it you know you asked for carol mcgiffin's email um or sing uh or autograph john she's on it who carol mcgiffin's autograph no i know it didn't anyway it's about the original story that's all i go with so i met will doing that yeah. and was now floor manager will's worked with um joe i think on um Castle's countdown oh will sentence yeah i know he used to didn't he used to come to your club yeah, he used to be in my sketch group. He's also booked you to come and do... Well, he wanted you to come and do Manchester, but you were on tour. Okay, yeah, I remember, Will. Yeah. 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 So here we go. You know, he lives around the corner from here. That's all I would have. Um, uh, question five, favourite away ground? Oh, good question, that one. I love an away ground. What's um, yours, John? What is yours? Always Kenilworth Road, Luton. Luton. Oh, yeah. Terrible ground. Ooh. It is a terrible ground. You've got oh. to go through someone's back garden to get into exactly, the Exactly, that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. I, like, I always like going to Fulham as a Brentford fan. Who uh, said Fulham? Someone else said Fulham, I think. It was Sean, Sean Walsh, I think. Oh, yeah. It's close. To watch XSC, lovely ground. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's more to do with the Brentford Fulham rivalry, and most times I've been with with one, but it's just a nice. It's a real nice. Uh, it's right on the Thames. It's a real nice. There's nice bars and stuff like that beforehand. Feels it feels like football should feel like you know. It's real. It's like an old school ground meets new technology as well now with the new stand. My Nomi, my wife says she used to live near the ground. She said when the fans would walk to the ground, it would just would be silence, just really <laughs> pleasant yeah. sort of chatting to one. Another. Yeah, they're very, they're very well to do set, the full yeah. of Yeah. <laughs> There's no aggro. That's probably another reason why I like it. Yeah. We get Will's a Middlesbrough fan. And like I say, sometimes we go to Middlesbrough away. We went to Middlesbrough versus, uh, who was it? It wasn't Wigan. Uh, Blackpool. Uh, we, Middlesbrough Blackpool. And Middlesbrough fans sold out their end. I've never been so scared in my life for <laughs> football ground. Really? Yeah, proper fans. Midweek. Um, freezing cold like, on Tuesday night and they won they won 4-0 I think but god jeez I was petrified wow really what it felt dangerous they weren't but it felt dangerous yeah just yeah. The, the whole number of them and it's that's quite a small ground Blackpool especially the way and there's only one entrance right. and it's just like a mass of people that you can't get past and yeah. a lot of beer being thrown around yeah that's does, it, does it ever get like that at Exeter, John? Have you ever seen? Because I haven't. Only for like the, the Plymouth games, really. But like, no, it's, it, I think Exeter is quite a peaceful place, really. No one's really angry. It's, it's no, 
Uh, you like you know, David. Everyone, everyone there's really, really polite, and everyone's happy to talk to you and lovely. So it's a nice yeah. area as well, isn't it? You've had like three hours on the train to get there, so you've got all that anger out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the time everyone's there, they're just tired and want to go back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> had a Cornish pasty. Time to go. Yeah. Out. Well, we got pasties, haven't we, John? Oh, is it Devon Exeter? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll take that back. I'll do a podcast. No, that is, that's pasty land. We're pasty yeah, land. Yeah, everything down south is pasty land, isn't it? Yeah. Pastry yeah. land, I call it. It's pastry yeah. everywhere. Farm shops, the lot. Yeah. Are you loving it down there, Dave? I really am. Yeah. 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 Lovely. I did one gig for Tot- in Totnes for Murph Control right at the very beginning. Yeah. It took ages to get there. It was a terrible... You know a comedy car where you all have to share the same car as well? Fuck, yeah. The yeah. people I was on with were absolute hell. <laughs> <laughs> One of the longest journeys there and back anyway but i remember thinking totness is incredible i can oh, live it's, it's so lovely town, what's that what a hippie town really is yeah there's a woman there's a woman i mean i haven't seen her every saturday but definitely last summer saturday morning 11 a.m up by the market on the high street she's just dancing around in a bikini <laughs> like and part of me enjoys it part of me Really fucks me off. Right. Why does it fuck you off? That's beautiful. That's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if I did it, I'm pretty yeah. Well, they accepted that that person does it. If you did it now, <laughs> listen. I, 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 I enjoy her. Da- I enjoy her dancing around in a bikini. I'm like, I just think, fuck me. I bet you're a handful. Oh yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> there's a woman where I used to live in New, New Malden. There's a woman in Rains Park who used to, she's, bizarrely enough, she's become a bit of a TikTok sensation, but she goes to every um, karaoke there is in any pub and just takes all her clothes off. But she'll go in a, she'll go in a yes. uniform. So let's say she's going to, her song is going to be um, in the jungle. Um, yeah. She'll come in a jungle outfit. You know, so she just looks like she's coming. She's really enjoying it. How old is she? Oh, yeah, 60s. And then halfway through, she just starts taking her clothes off and ends up in her, in her underwear, just sings it, karaoke in her underwear. Which is on, she's on TikTok now. Wow, what's her name? Just uh, yeah, right. no, interesting. No. I thought, I thought <laughs> email me, mate. Email me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> email me, mate. What's it like hanging around with 50 year olds, John? Yeah, I'm starting to question. How dare you? Time to question some decisions. Yeah. What's got me here? Yeah, he's yeah. Odd. Because you're that is odd. Because now, John, you're uh, that's like hanging around with our dads when we were John's age. Yeah, it doesn't I, feel like when you're this age though. No, it doesn't. Doesn't feel, I feel like, like I'm John. Yeah, I do. Funny enough, oh, I was at a gig uh, last week, and it was one of those ones where you go away for the weekend, and we all went out for. Uh, a drink after the gig and I just felt like I was one of them and then I caught a reflection of me and all of them and I felt like I was in big you know Tom Hanksville where I've just been <laughs> transported into an old man's body just yeah. looking oh oh yeah I'm going home now see you later yeah. <laughs> well John was talking yesterday with Jack Jack mate going oh we should get together in Exeter and I was like oh can I come <laughs> no and then, of course you can't come then right. just imagine me with you lot just it's so depressing. But I'm good fun think, to be with. I don't think the dynamic's that weird. No, well, you're quite... The difference is, though, David, is that you're 
um, an entertainer in soul, aren't you? So you're a comedian. I know that you're grimacing because <laughs> you're a, you're a, you're a comedian, aren't you? Really? Big or time. So you're not the normal forty-eight. We're not the normal forty-eight-year-olds. No, that's what that's so spot on. If I was speaking to like this, and this is sorry, Dad, but my dad wouldn't better do this. Like Slacking I would off his dad. I'm this isn't like this isn't something my dad could do. But you yeah, guys, he could like, like you said, get no, a couple of drinks no, down him. No, no, we could. Yeah. Uh, you guys are all like you're just basically big kids, aren't you? Really? Yeah, yeah. Never growing up. Exactly. Yeah. Never got part. Yeah. Of that. Do you want to be that, John? When you grow up? Yeah. Big if kid. I ever become some boring fifty-year-old, just put me down, please. I agree. Yeah. I don't think I've got past mentally twenty-four. Yeah. You still no. feel. I reckon you, you guys still feel like you could go out on the night out properly, get on it, get lashed, yeah. smash it, wake yeah. up the next day. Not yeah. wake up the next day though. It'd take a week to get over it now, but definitely the night would still feel like... like the, the night of the England game the other night, I'd, oh, I had some stupid amount of beers, about 14 beers. God. Then I did. I went out into town, didn't get home till about 5.30 in the morning, then had an hour an hour sleep till like 6.30, so maybe two hours sleep, then went straight to play in the Uni League. Then straight <laughs> after the Uni League game, came and recorded the Jackmate episode and then went to sleep then. Yeah, see, that's how you do it. You can't do that now. That's the no. one that when you do get to 48, you can't do that. Yeah. No. At what age do you start going, I can't wake up the next Well, day? I used to do it quite early on. I, when children I was, for me. Yeah, I don't have kids. But yeah. I, even at 27, I remember going, I'm going to go home now, but sort of like 10. But that's, yeah. I just got bored of it, really. Yeah, you sort of know how you're going to feel the next day and go, oh, I don't want yeah. that. But I'm more yeah. of an afternooner now. I'd like to go for a lunch boozy lunch throughout the afternoon and then get snoozy yeah, I'm awake during the hangover period so it doesn't feel that bad yeah, like you sleep on it and wake up you're like Ugh, I'm, I'm awake for it all so I don't even really feel it John where did you watch the England game in Manchester <laughs> so the first England game I watched uh, I don't know if you heard of it Warehouse Project yeah it's it like right in the centre of town it's massive there's about 7,000 England fans in this oh, big oh yes I do yeah I've heard of it seen it on TikTok yeah. yeah second one I watched in this pub right by me then the third one I watched in just at my mate's house, the, the most recent one. But then for the uh, for the Senegal game, we're going back to Warehouse Project. It's quite expensive though. It's about, it looks amazing, yeah. It's, it's about six quid for a can of beer, and it's about thirteen quid to go in. So if I yeah, if I hung out with you and your mates, just came around your flat, would it be awkward for everyone? Yeah, everyone be uh, yeah. I think I think you'd probably genuinely. How would everyone feel? Not like it or no? I, I don't know. I think a few a few of them would be like asking you questions because they've yeah. seen you on the... I was going to say, can I interject there, Jack? Because uh, Sorry, um, Dave, I think it's because they've probably watched their Afterlife, right? Yeah. So they'd be excited. All of, all of my mates have watched Afterlife. So they probably think... Yeah, but like, that, that's going to wear off after about 20 minutes. <laughs> what are they going to feel like, after? Uh, the thing is, we all watch in a big group, so there's about, I don't know, eight, eight, like 16 of us. What about if I was sat on the sofa with you lot? That'd be weird. Yeah, you'd just be one of the lads, mate. Just get a bit. Would I? Yeah. Let's try it out. Let's experiment. You got to come up here, then. We're not going down there. You can stay at mine if it gets too much, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drop you off, David, when you've had too much to yeah. drink. Math, could you pick me up, please? Thank you. <laughs> I'd be delighted to. <laughs> Question six, uh, least favourite away ground. 
Uh, least favourite away ground. Well, I mean, Luton was pretty rubbish, but I would say I'll tell you what, Newcastle. Um, yeah, you, you say that, but I mean, it's an impressive stadium, but the away end is it's higher than the, the sky. You have to just go up these stairs. Yeah. Is it really here. steep, Newcastle? Yeah, but honestly, it takes about three weeks to go up the stairs to get to the top. And there's no lifts or anything like that. And you, because a lot of football fans are out of breath, so you'll see like different stages of people having a half. Yeah, day. just having a little breather. It's so <laughs> high up. And it is really stick, uh, um, steep when you're up there. Um, and I didn't enjoy it at all. But to be fair, that was oh. the first time, because it was a 5 30 kickoff, and all the Brentford fans had obviously been up on the train drinking all day, and they, they were so drunk, and it, you could just sense trouble. I didn't even stay for the second half. But I didn't even stay for the remainder of the first. I think we got half an hour in. I went, this is horrendous. What, what, sorry, why was it horrendous? Ooh. Because it's so the, the away end is so high and so far away. So you're not connected to the game whatsoever. Oh, really? No, it's so I'll have high. a little look at that. Yeah, because yeah. every time someone scores against Newcastle on the telly, they're like looking up for their fans. Like, where are they? Like in the yeah. oblivion. It's really high. I mean, honestly, it's the highest ground I've been in. So when it... Whenever I've seen the new camp, that looks really steep. Yeah, that does. I've always imagined being at the top and sort of losing my footing, just toppling down everyone. And yeah. Could that happen at Newcastle? Oh, it's, it's steep enough, I'd imagine. But there's barriers. Obviously, you won't go over the edge, but you'll definitely fall down, yeah. the um, A friend of mine went Shit. to the Man United uh, final at Barcelona, the Champions League one, years and years ago. And he was right at the very top. It was last row at the top. And he said, you can't tell who the players are. You you can only tell by sort of running styles and position. Blimey. Yeah. You're not watching football at that point, is it? It's just like Sabutia. You just do the game. Question seven. If you could travel back in time, which game would you watch? couple of options here I would go one I've actually been to do you mean uh, whatever I oh, think okay. um, well I would go back to when Brentford beat Peterborough 1-0 away to win the old third division which took them into the, what would be now the championship that was an amazing game to go to um, I would like to go back to um, when Lineker scored his hat-trick at the World Cup in 86 yeah um, Who was that again? Was that Paraguay? No, it wasn't Paraguay, Poland, was it? Or Poland, Poland yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that's when I really, really became in love with him. <laughs> um, I oh, yeah, yeah. Any other games, really. Obviously, the 66 World Cup, but I mean, I don't, I'm not connected to it. Oh, really. Brentford Peterborough, yeah. Yeah, Brentford Peterborough, that was a great game. Yeah. And also, one more actually, Brentford beat Fulham 4 0 away um, not so long ago, it's 2014. That was a great experience, that was. Were you there when Brentford beat Man United? No, yeah. that was oh, this no. year. No, I've no. been here. Yeah, gutted though. But I was. It, it's one of those games. One of those games where you go. I want to go and see them. And I went to the one the year before, and, and Ronaldo played. And again, it wasn't that impressive to be honest with you. He wasn't. No, it was one of those where you go. Well, at least I've seen him play. Yeah, God. I was glad he didn't play in the game I went to watch. Yeah, it was nice to see him. Favourite question, especially for you, Math. Who's the best player you've seen in the flesh? Oh, best player I've seen in the flesh. 
Um, well, Glenn Hoddle was always a favourite when I was growing up. I always thought he was quite magic. Um, yeah. But Brentford, it's probably quite more recent. It's probably Ben Rama. Wow, yeah. Rama was head and shoulders above, you know, Brentford and our level. And in that league, he was head and shoulders. It was so tricky. He was in and around the same time as Ollie, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Always, they called it BMW. So it was uh, Ben Rama, Watkins, and Mbwabo. Yeah. Still there. Um, but those three were incredible together. Absolutely brilliant. Ben Rama was super. Also, uh, Pritchard, Alex Pritchard, who played for us for a couple of years. Thought he was on loan to us from Tottenham, and he was again. He was outstanding, and I thought he'd go on and play for England. He's at Sunderland now. Yeah, wow. League One. It's a bit of a shame. Why is that? Why? I don't know. Reckon... No, no. I honestly couldn't put it down. It might be a mental thing, you know. Yeah. Because um, he went back to Spurs and played a few games for Spurs, but didn't do very well. Um, but he was, uh, you know, quite a starlet when he was younger. I think he was in England under nineteen or twenty-one regular, and he was really great. When you, um, I don't know what I want here, but when you said Fowler would do things on the pitch, yeah. like how good was he up close? What would he do? How what made him so good? Awareness. Um, so he he could find a bit of space, and also he knew what he would do with the ball as soon as it arrived. And that's that's one of the biggest things about the players at that level is is the the plan. So they've got a plan when it comes to them straight away. So when you when you watch the football at that level. Before they're receiving the ball, they're looking everywhere all the time. And yeah. they know that when that ball comes to them, they already know that over there is Saka and over there is Harry Kane, you know, whatever. So it's having that awareness, but also the coolness of being up front, of when you're not panicking, when you've got that opportunity to score a goal. You know, like when you see a centre forward, it'll just chip it over a goalkeeper as they're coming yeah. towards them. It's just yeah. having a calm mind. Robbie Fowler was exceptional at that. Oh, he was amazing, wasn't he? Yeah, his first touch as well was incredible. So when Harry Kane put those balls into the box against Iran and then against um, Wales, you know, we, without looking, he just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he just saying, right, that's the danger area, that's where I need to put it, or does he know that someone's coming at the back post? Or the Wales one he didn't post. look up, but you're right. So what he's doing is he's putting it into the area where it is. So basically he's, he's putting it in between the front of the goalkeeper and the, in front of the centre-back. So if either one of them gets it, it's going to go either going to go in or it's going to come out to the centre-forward. Yeah. So the, that's where it's got to be. That's where he would be as a centre-forward. That's where he wants the ball. So he's putting yeah. it in that area yeah. because that's where someone should be on the end of it. And if it's yeah. not, it'll either be a corner, a goal, or the keeper will spill it. Yeah, yeah. He he does things on the pitch like consistently where I go, fuck, just blows my mind. Just passes, control, just yeah, yeah. Sh- it's unbelievable. It is yeah. great. He was great seeing flesh as well. Actually, when Spurs came to Brentford, he was really good. Yeah, very big as well. You, you don't realise how big he is and big and strong he is. Yeah, this is this is going to sound silly, right? But someone who likes obviously, like, I'm going to talk about Messi. But when you watch him play, people just assume, oh, he's just a great dribbler, this, that, and the other. But if you look at his weight of pass and everything, like, it's always perfect. It's never, ever wrong. It, if, and if it is, it's because someone isn't in the right place. Or, or, yeah. yeah. Every, it, he's, that, that's, that, for me, that's why he's the best, because everyone remembers it or thinks of him because of, like, oh, he's got all these mazy runs. But, t- like, pass, his passing is ridiculous. It's actually, like, amazing to watch. Yeah. We've been to a few... Because uh, Man City's not so far, Man City's only 25 minutes away from here. So we've been to about five or six Man City games over the last couple of years. And Kevin De Bruyne is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I got to watch him a lot last season because my uni is at the Etihad. So I, all my lectures are at the Etihad. So we get like 
discounted tickets and things like that. So I got to watch him a lot last season, and he he's probably the best player I've seen in the flesh. Yeah, I would I would add that. I would add the Kevin De Bruyne. In fact, I would say Kevin De Bruyne is the answer. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's ruined Messi for me? And if he's listening, sorry, but Lloyd Griffith. Why? What's what did Lloyd? Oh, we Lloyd know Lloyd's met him. Yeah. The fact that they've shared the same room is really disappointing. Because of Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, it's like Messi's on another planet, and when I and saw Lloyd, Lloyd and him in the set, I was just like, "Ah, oh. sorry, that, Lloyd, if you're listening, son." Is that professional jealousy, though? Yeah. It's my absolute I would absolutely love to meet Messi. I'm not. We've met Lloyd. I can speak to him because I can speak Spanish. I'd love to. I'd love to meet Lloyd today if you like. Yeah. I've got a message him now. He'll pop up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, When Lloyd got the job as a soccer AM host, I was absolutely livid with him. But jealous, Levin. Not. What what a job. I was pleased for him, but I was like. Fucking hell. Well done, mate. But I hate Honestly, you, when we went on there, I said to Joe, this feels like the best job. I've been trying to get on that show for fucking years. Have you? Know? you? Yeah, just as a guest. I, I text Fenner. I say text. I've talked myself up there. DM Fenner's. And um, he said, yeah, well, eventually we'll find a space for you to come on it. But um, I've never gone it. So, again, with my background, with, when yeah. I got on the week, I, that was my chance. I tried to get the PR team to go speak to them now. Now's a good yeah. time. Yeah, yeah go on this week and talk about what happened blah blah, blah. and it uh, didn't happen that must have been a great experience though wasn't it oh it just felt like I loved that it was live and just when when they went live just how everything um, just came alive and it felt like a little party yeah. for two hours this, um, and your crossbar was incredible so well done mate <laughs> I yeah, needed that. I had a shocking morning. I needed that. I pulled my hammy. Did you? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I pulled my hammy. It was so fucking embarrassing. Honestly, I was so I was so delighted for you when you hit that crossbar. So I saw the relief in your face. More than joy, there was relief. <laughs> Honestly, Joe Joe did something shit at one point in the morning. I think he just scuffed a volley. I forgot I was live on TV, and I was. Just Yes, I saw that. I think I saw that. <laughs> I remember thinking when Joe did that maze and went past the keeper. Yeah, um, I remember thinking you're going to hate that. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not sorry to bang on uh, bring about Chatterbox. I haven't. Uh, have you spoken about it on Chatterbox yet? After you've been on not Chatterbox? enough. We got to analyze it. It pissed me off. I'd love to hear. That. I went up to him as soon as he got the top pins. I said, "You're fucking made for TV, aren't you? Everything yeah. just clicks, doesn't it?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. good though I've played with Joe a few times because the comedians uh, he must have told right me. tell me Matt can he play yeah he can yeah because the comedians used to get together every Tuesday at Crystal Palace and play shit and he was he was good um, I hadn't played a couple of times with him but he was he was good There's quite he a said few he players. was a bit slow nah, Dad, not that level he wasn't fucking hell I hate that he's being like this he I hate he's just being modest though isn't he Joe yeah it annoys me though he was good Steve Williams is very good I've heard he's good, yeah. Um, and he, um, is Milton Jones good? Milton's good. Milton's good, yeah. Uh, Lee Mack's not bad. Lee uh, Mack? Russell, Lee Mack's not bad, yeah. Uh, Russell Howard. Tim Key? Tim Key's good. Tim Key's... Uh, you don't want to get in a tackle with Tim. <laughs> he's very Why? strong. He's very strong. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He can He can tackle. <laughs> I can't get my head around these. Well, when you Noel mention Fielding's these names, like, what? Noel Fielding's quite tricky. Um... <laughs> Who else is good? Omid's quite good. Omid Jalili's quite good. Tim Vine? No. 
Did you guys see the uh, the clip of Rob Rob Beckett the other day? Getting the, the top bins for oh, the, uh, England. Look, he's got talent. Oh yeah, Did you yeah. see that, man. Rob and Rom, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob's quite good. Rob Beckett's quite good as well. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to work out what quite good means from you because oh, okay. you played Same. a good standard. So that yeah, means I mean, they are very they've good. They've got you know, they've got awareness, they've got a good touch, they can strike a good ball, um, they can pass a good ball, you know, they, they can they they look fairly decent in a five aside team, you know. There's different levels, of course. I hate honestly, Math, I fucking hated how I felt on Soccer AM. Why? Because I haven't played for twenty years. I was Did like, you not have a kick about before you went? No. Yeah, that's where you, the mistake you've made. Because Joe yeah. plays five side every week. Well, well, that's again, it's 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 the it's the same thing of going to do a gig when you haven't done one for five years. Match sharpness. Yeah, fucking, I felt it as well. If I get on that show, I'm going to go to. I'm going to pull out all the strings I've got of all the connections I've got in football. And I'm going to go and train with the club for a week. I genuinely thought I'd I'd turn up and just yeah, I'll pump that into the bottom right corner of the. <laughs> and I scuffed it in rehearsals, and it just sort of... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. You did really well, mate, honestly. You yeah. saw enough. You saw enough, Matt, that you, you knew. You did really well. Yes. Oh, really, and the, the volleys looked trickier than... Uh, than uh, what? Yeah. That, I mean, because that's... A new, I know this is going deep into it, but that's a new trampoline, because <laughs> I watch soccer him every week. And that's a new trampoline for this season. A bit more spring to it. A little bit more spring. It's too big. But they've got a bigger trampoline. Now we're really analysing it. Got a bigger trampoline because the guy that took over from Chiefs, who was throwing the ball, yeah. kept missing the trampoline. <laughs> so, right. So they got right. a bigger trampoline to make sure he didn't miss it. Wow. Because they did with Jimmy Bullard. They tried to recreate David Platt's volley. Right. I don't know if they, they must have shown it on the... Yeah, but did, yeah. I think for a minute or two minutes, and I think he connected once... Yeah. I think he, he got he got it in once for uh, probably 40 attempts. Yeah. And yeah, to think hard. that David Platt did it in one go. It's a really hard skill. Lepping out. Yeah. He looked, I must admit, Jimmy Bullard looked amazing with the yeah. ball at his feet. Yeah, that's, but that's what I mean. That's the difference of when you go up a level. It's just how they strike the ball and how they touch the ball and the balance when they're, when they're yeah. you know, from moving left to right foot when they're moving. It's just a balance. bit bit dancery, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I love watching it. But when I said looking at Jimmy Bullard just striking the ball, I was like, oh, I could watch this all day. It's just a. I went to an England game and I was behind Phil Neville, of all people. And watching him just, it was him and Beckham were just striking it across the field at each other. And even Phil Neville from behind was just amazing the way he was connecting with the ball. It's Phil Neville. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that video of Foden and Grealish just volleying yeah, yeah, to one another? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's hard. It's re- really, really hard. And he's got those super legs as well. <laughs> nice. uh, question nine. Worst experience you've had at a game? Oh, worst experience I've had at a game. I mean, it would be some violence somewhere, something happening... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just been like, well, that Middlesbrough game away was pretty frightening. Ever, play, ever been in a game, like played in a game, which has been a, which has been a bad experience? Um, well, losing is never fun, is it? I'll tell you where I was, and this isn't really, it was, I played in the uh, Celebrity Soccer Sixes, which sounds, it's making me sound a lot more famous than I am, of course. But Omid used to have the, do you know the Soccer Sixes used to happen in the summer? Yeah. what I'm talking about. So Omid was the captain of the Well, I'd, sorry, I remember the Soccer Sixes where you'd get, 
I love the uh, tournaments they'd have with pros before the season, was it? Yeah, no. Do you remember where they'd have five, six aside tournaments? Yeah, no, that's that's Masters. Is that what you mean? Masters. Love yeah, that. Yeah, this was, this was, it'll be at Chelsea. It was on the ground on the pitch at Chelsea or West Ham. And it used to be really big just before we started doing it. Like Robbie Williams and Oasis used to play in it. And it used to be a clash between bands and footballers. And it's sort of the level of the fame of people. So we were playing against N-dubs, for example, that sort of thing. I mean, picked a comedian's team. And I, when right. I first started as a comedian, he found out my, my background in football and I came in as a, as a comedian, but more as a ringer of, of football. Um, and we were playing, um, and I, we, we were playing. We had, do you know, the actor, the massive actor Tamar, Tamar, Football Factory, Danny Dyer, that sort of, those sort of guys. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, you're both looking blank. I do. Tamar, Tamar, hang on, I'll Google it. Um, if you Google it, you'll you'll see who I mean because he's huge. What is in the football factory? Yeah, I think he's one of those. Ones. Oh, Tamo Hassan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, don't know him, don't think. Yeah, Tamo Hassan. Yeah. Oh, I recognise him. Yeah, he's bloody huge, right? Is he? So we, we were playing. Um, I don't know who we were playing, but it was just it was a team of actors, I think. And his son was playing, and his son, to be fair, was just leaving it in and, you know, kicking people unnecessarily. He was a young lad, he was just being a bit, throwing his weight around, and he was going to get kicked eventually. And uh, one, one of the actors, this Irish actor, I don't know who he was, all of a sudden kicked him properly, like squared up to him. And he was only, you know, five foot three or whatever. And all of a sudden, Tamer came from nowhere and stood right in front of him, and I everyone and Brian McFadden from Westlife had to split him up <laughs> fucking hell what a weird little yeah and, was, and then I went I don't want to do Brian, Brian McFadden's got a bit about him as well has he as a player or just well no to stand up to Mr. I Hassan. think he was more peacemaker oh okay you know yeah. got in between them and pushed him apart and it was but it was I remember thinking this is a weird day <laughs> yeah yeah right who's the best celebrity footballer you've seen Ooh. Uh a celebrity footballer. Well, Mark Wright was is a very good footballer. Yeah, he went to Crawley, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know if you case class him as a celebrity or not, but he used to play for Spurs. Oh. Wow. Yeah, he was a, he was a pro at Spurs for a bit and got released. Yeah. Um I'd say comedians is probably Noel Field is the most trickiest. Is like no, is he? Yeah, he's got some really tidy feet. But he's, he's very small, he gets pushed over quite easily. <laughs> baffles me this does just baffles, very baffles good. me yeah yeah I wish I played some of the comedians football it's annoying still play, right? still play every oh, year, honestly yeah. it'd be a state be an absolute state oh, they're not fit no no it's all age groups you know either either them being still plays oh fucking hell yeah where's he play well it's just the, like the seven sides so right right um plays kits and plays does he? Yeah, it's Kitson's ball, basically. Is, is <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> what, he brings his ball? No, it's more like he organises it. Oh, yeah, okay, right. Where, where do they play? Crystal Palace moved a bit. It goes around. It's near, It's Crystal Palace Sports Centre, and it also goes to somewhere. Elmer's End, I think it's called. Right. Like a goal centre, you know? Soccer yeah, soccer. Yeah. Um, and it's fun, but it's, it becomes a bit too competitive you know does it 
Well, you uh, imagine, you know, 20. Yeah. You know, Fucking comedians people. having a go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or one, yeah. Two. There should be 20 balls, really, if there's 20 players. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It comes a bit tasty and it gets a bit, you know, you have Does to it? Down a little bit. Yeah. Anyone yeah. ever fallen out over the comedy question? It's never really gone that far. No. It, it gets quite self policed quite quickly. Have a joke <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, just calm down. But normally, kits, normally, kits, and will disarm it by saying something fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Even even when there's a load of comedians, he's still the funniest person in the room. He's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Remember the first time I went down, he he knew who I was as a comedian, but he didn't know about my football background. And then someone told him from the other end of the pitch. He just kept on telling me how shit I was. <laughs> yeah. just, you know, good here, Brown. That's yeah, like with you know. Yeah. Yeah, he was funny, but it's uh, yeah. So it's Kitson's ball for sure. I remember my mate before I'd done stand-up comedy. He he started going to up the creek in, in Croydon. Yeah, and he just came back one night. He said, "I've just seen this bloke called Daniel Kitson. He's just the funniest man I've ever." Yeah, I've never yeah. heard of him. Would I know who Daniel Kitson is? No, he, but he doesn't. He does his own stuff. He doesn't do any circus stuff. No, doesn't really. Any telly, you won't get. You just won't find him on YouTube. I think there's one clip of him at the Melbourne Festival on YouTube. I don't know if I've got the right guy, but it's a bit like David. Uh, question ten: What interesting facts have you got about your team? Uh, okay, so uh, Bradley Walsh and Rod Stewart used to play for Brentford. Rod Stewart? Yep. <laughs> Rod Stewart played what? for Brentford. <laughs> yep. I don't know if he ever played for first team, but he was definitely on the books. Googling this, aren't you? Yeah. Rod Stewart and who? Uh, Bradley Walsh, who well, presents the Champions He was a player for Brentford yeah. in the 60s. Bradley Walsh was in the 70s, I think. Wow, that's a picture of him. There you go. <laughs> Do you know Bob Marley and the Whalers played the Brazil football team in the 70s? I think I remember reading this in his book. I didn't know that, no. And they lost like 6-0 against Brazil. Well, that's not bad, is it? That's quite... Yeah. That's it's right. Yeah. There's a team, this is a, neither here nor there, but there's a team, I lived in Ireland very briefly during the pandemic, and uh, there's a team called Bohemians who I was going to become a fan of them. Yeah. And their kit is dedicated to Bob Marley because Bob Marley played... I think I've heard about this, yeah. They played their ground. Yes. Uh, they were the only people who would put it, keep ticket prices for like a fiver or something. Yeah. Ix have got a uh, Bob Marley-inspired kit as well. Wow. Their song is Three Little Birds, isn't it? The IX. Is it? Yeah, they sing. That's a nice kit. Yeah. Right, here's the embarrassing question. Come on in. What one bit of advice would you give me as a new uh, fan of a lower league? Oh, I hate it. Go on, what, what bit of advice? <laughs> it's basically asking the guest to hold my hand. Go on, son. Keep going, son. Tell me. <laughs> what one bit of advice would you give me as a new fan of a lower league football team? That's not a bad question. Is it? Well, Sean will shat on it. Uh, well, he refused to answer it. 
Sean is a grumpy fucker. Don't worry about that. He's yeah. a grumpy yeah. little man. He's a lovely man, but he's yeah. grumpy about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I love him yeah. a bit. I'm really pleased for him as well, coming out of the jungle. I really, really wanted to do it. did well. really well, didn't he? Yeah, I'm really pleased for him. I've, yeah. I, saw, I saw just how badly it affected him. Horrible. Him dancing and he uh, he came to a few of our gigs and yeah i'm really really pleased with him. But he's yeah. so the question yeah. is ask me the question again what a bit of advice would oh, you give me a lower what one bit of advice would you give me as a new fan i'm sort of not new now i'm a year i am a new fan yeah. a year in new fan of a lower league football team um well again i've done something very similar because yeah so what i did is i really immersed myself in it for the first two or three weeks i really sort of researched a club and so i knew more things that i didn't need to i didn't know beforehand you know um and really uh and i bought the kit i bought the hyde united to the top i've got a high top yeah yeah so uh, i've just bought my son john for christmas extra city football with his name on the back brilliant okay yeah oh, brilliant so really get into hey. That's lovely, mate. Yeah. Is he an Exeter fan or is he not? No, yeah, he said, can I have Man United? Oh, yeah, you can. What about Exeter? Yeah, yeah, Exeter as well, but can I have Man United? Yeah, but what about Exeter? <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's learning, isn't he? Because <laughs> he, is he, asked, he asked you the other day if he could go. Or he's always sort of was like, oh, you're not taking me, sort of. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Which, which is yeah. good. That's yeah. a good start. Um, yeah. Also, a couple of things. That, I mean, you're doing it now, obviously. You're talking to John, but talk to the other fans when you're there because you'll find out more things about them. Um, sorry, mate. Something to do. I want to answer this yeah. question, so don't, don't, yeah. Let's get over it. You got to be happy with that, John. On you, extra kit. Yeah, his name on the. Was it? Absolutely. It That's yeah. so good to hear. He's yeah. going to be in a few years' time. He's going to be. He's in, isn't he? Now he's in. I want to go to Peterborough. Away, yeah. Well, when you said that, you and your dad going out to Barrow, I was like, I love the idea of driving my boy to. Yeah. 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 And yeah. as, you get, as he gets older, it'll only get better. Like you know, yeah. as, he, as he can, you know. Yeah, it'll be yeah. real. It'll be a real bonding thing, and it'll be one of those yeah. things that you know you'll always be fond of as well. Both sides, he'll be really fond of it, and you'll be really fond of it. Yeah. Um. And yeah. uh, what was the last thing that I was going to say about? Uh, oh yeah, be careful. I know it's going to sound weird, but be careful what you wish for, because I all I wanted was for Brentford to be in the Premier League. And then when we got there, it isn't as enjoyable as you want it to be. It's great seeing yourself as a Premier League team and being on Match of the Day and stuff like that. But the Championship was so much more fun. And getting tickets for the away games now is so difficult. Um, you know, even getting right. tickets, a friend of mine wants to come to a home game with me at Brentford. Just they can't, can't get any tickets. The prices go up, um, you know, for the corporates go up and you can't really get a corporate seat either. Um, so just be careful what you wish for might be the best bit of advice. Right, so I don't know what I've got. What what do I want from a season? Yeah, that's it. What well, do I just want to just miss out at the end of the season? No, uh, well, this we we Brentford got to ten playoff finals before we won one. Oh, so fuck. I went. I've, I've been to four or five. Uh, in fact, lost to Yeovil or one of them. Um, and it's just utterly heartbreaking losing at Wembley. It really is. But it's the worst. Uh, Worst feeling of my life, I think. Yeah, uh, but we the one we won, there was only five thousand fans in at Wembley to go up to the champ to the Premiership because it was still uh, the dregs of COVID. Yeah, right. and I was one of those five thousand, and it was like you had fifty seats to yourself. Did, did Tony? <laughs> did Tony score that day? No, it was uh, Marcondes and Downsguard, who both got released after in the summer. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the thing. When I think about the team when they get the um, 
get you up, get promotion, and you go, well, you're not going to play in the next league. Yeah, that must be the worst. You, yeah, you, it must be. It's, yeah, you're yeah. not good enough, son. You spent all year working yeah. for getting promoted. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> go, and yeah. Play, go and play for Peterborough. See you later. Listen, I just want one season of the Prem. Yeah, I'd got... take that. I would happily take that. Yeah. Are you League two, right? Now? League one. Yeah. League, League one. one. League one. Championship. Prem. Yeah. Are you quite high up in League one? Mid-table. <clears throat> Chances are going. You've just got a new manager, haven't you? Yeah. Who is coming it? on the pod? Gary Caldwell. Oh, great. Great that he's coming on the pod. Not great that he's Gary Caldwell. I don't know who he is. Right. Well, he's <laughs> good. Well, shout out to Gary Caldwell. I'm pretty, I really hope you do. This yeah. it's so enjoyable. You know, again, Brentford was when I used to go and watch Brentford uh, in the like the, they'd have been just below the conference. So I've seen him go up all the leagues. Wow. Yeah. I think Rip, like David always says, oh, you know, we're going to go up, guaranteed to go up. I think we have a chance of sneaking into the playoffs if we find some form. Yeah. Yeah. The playoffs are really exciting, though. I've got to say. Really oh my god! Honestly. I don't even mind if we lose. The the idea of a night game, second leg. Oh yeah. fuck me! Have um have Brentford got to the final every single time? No, um we, uh, I think, no, say about three or four semi finals as well. But the, the the last one when we got to the final, we were two 0 down. Yeah, Bournemouth, Bournemouth yeah. coming to us, and we had to win three two at home, and we won three two in the last minute. Oh. That was that probably the best game we've ever been to. And then we got to the final and it was, um, you know, we just went, oh, we're going to lose it. We always lose finals. So we just so every, every time Exeter City have got to the playoffs, we've got to the final. Never lost the legs. I really hope you do. And if you get to the final, I'm coming. Oh, man. Yes. Honestly. Yeah. In fact, oh, that's the first time you've said, John, that we could sneak in the back door of the playoffs. We just, well, we asked at the start to our season that we had set us up for the possibility to have a rocky patch here we needed to get through the start of the season because we knew this set of games was coming Plymouth, Ipswich Peterborough God knows who so we had to we've got through that relatively unscathed and now we can start building form again now we can lose all our players in January and... <laughs> no come on <laughs> yes, please I'll yeah. tell you what David and I because uh, there's a gig in Exeter um, off the curb we've got a gig at the Cornhouse yeah um, so next time I'm doing it, I'll stay and I'll come to the game on the Saturday. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Whenever whenever it's home game, I'm there. I've got a season ticket. So, yeah. yeah. I'd love to come to a game. Yeah, it'd be great. Great. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you, Math. I've, lo- I've fucking loved it. It's yeah, brilliant. that was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Great to meet you as well. And, and uh, really enjoyed yeah, it. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, good luck with it. And let's know it's out. And I'll retweet it, etc., etc. Yeah, I will do. Thank you,